Hey, you no are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today we are joined by a special guest. Today we've got an expert in the hockey analyst world on whom knows the Gophers like the back of his hand. He's a Gophers hockey analytics and reporter for Gophers Hole, analytics and scout for the Utah Outliers, plus does central scouting for the NAHL. Please welcome Dylan Laux. Thank you for joining us on the show today. It's quite the introduction. Thank you for having me. I mean, I got to gas you up, right? I feel like anytime I have a guest, I got to make sure that they they feel like a celebrity when they're coming in here. You know what I mean? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But last week we were joined by Alex Micheletti. We did a little primer episode to catch up casual Gophers fans. This week, I'm hoping to get a little more into the dirty details of things. Now, first off, the Gophers are now 17, 6, and 1 on the year. Number one in the pairwise, number two in the NCAA rankings now. In your opinion, was the tie to Notre Dame impactful or hurtful in, for the Gophers at all? Or do you think it was maybe fine as is? Or what are your thoughts on that one? I think it's more of a fine as it is. Um, I don't think it hurt him in the pairwise. So it, it didn't affect him a lot. Um, I think they that game was a little bit interesting. I don't think they were on their best game. Um, sometimes they, they look like they had their game for a couple minutes, but... It was kind of an on and off game, so to get out of that the way they did, um, I guess just take it how it is a little bit. So, Awesome, awesome. And now we still have Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State coming up, all ranked in the top eight, as well as a pretty formidable Michigan State squad. Now, knowing all of that, what do the Gophers have to do to ensure they stay in the tops of these rankings before the tournament comes up? Yeah, um, I I think they just need to continue with their game. Um, I think, you know, there's times in the season where I've watched them and it it just looks like, you know, how could any team in the NCAA beat them? And then there's some games where it's like, okay, if they play like this, they're going to be one and done. But when they get to their game, they're really hard to play against. And I think you've seen that with teams. Um, With Michigan coming up, I know they swept Michigan not that long ago, but this is a different Michigan team they were without their best player they were without a lot of guys they were playing through um, a ton of sickness and that series probably shouldn't even have happened with all that was going on so now you you can't just sit back in the fact like hey we swept Michigan this should be another easy series Um, it's not and even Michigan State too Um, so getting to their game early um, being finding a way to you know, maybe pick up a sweep against one of them, but at least splitting the series in both of them. Um, it's definitely going to help them down the stretch. Just sticking to their game, finding their game. Because when they play like that, they're hard to beat. So, Yeah, yeah. No, I love to hear that. And you kind of brought up my next question of just, what would you say gives the Gophers team the most problems? What is their kryptonite when you're looking at catching the Gophers team off balance? Um, I would say 
if you're an opposing team and you're playing the Gophers, it's got to be to expose the decor, um, which that in itself is a massive task because even if you strictly try to do that, you also have to deal with, you know, the top line, the coolie, the snuggaroo, the knives. Um, but when you can get that decor off its game, which is really hard to do, I think that's when, you know, teams start putting the puck in. Um, they're so good exiting the zone that if you – a team should just focus on strictly keeping the puck in their zone, which is for when they do it, um, it works to a high level. Um, and just kind of trying to shut down that top line, which is not easy to do, but they're so – they have so much depth. It's not just the first line, you know, they've got the veteran second line. They have a younger third line, the sophomores, um, all the freshmen. It's just such a, such a talented roster. And then you add in the rock of the decor and the goalie. It, it's really fun to watch. And it definitely looks like a team that can make a really big run. Well, I love it. I love it. Now, just to close this off before we move more into the Michigan breakdown itself, how confident are you that the Gophers can finish with the number one seed once we head into the NCAA tournament? I think it's very possible. Um, if they definitely continue the way they've been playing, it seems like that should happen pretty easily. Um, barring any injury, things like that, I, I think they're on track to do that. Um, they haven't been swept this year, so they continue to play their game like that. I think grabbing number one seed is definitely possible. I think it, that should be their goal. I think that is their goal. Um, yeah, I think it's a real possibility. Um, with all the talent on this roster, it, it definitely seems like it can happen. I mean, I love to hear it. I know Gophers fans love to hear it, especially those just now getting tuned into the hockey season a little bit behind. But let's dive into the Michigan matchup. But before we do that, I want to thank our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source when it comes to sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. They've also got sports podcasts over that way as well. So if you love sports podcasts, you love looking at how the odds are trending and the Vegas lines are moving, then you should head on over to the website today and use your mobile device as well. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, speaking of the game, like we said, we got Michigan coming up, and I am joined here by Dylan Lauchs with Gopher Hole. Now, let's dive into this matchup this weekend versus Michigan. Like you said, um, they've already played this Michigan team, and they beat them pretty handily, but it's not as easy as it looks when you're taking that uh, series into account. So do you expect... Um, a much more difficult matchup, or what are the keys when it comes to playing this Michigan team and things to be on the lookout for? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be a, a tougher matchup. I remember looking back at the series, they're without Fantilli, who's projected probably second overall in this upcoming draft, so that was a big loss to not have him. But now to have him in this series will make it a lot tougher. Um, I think they match up a lot better now. Now that they, they kind of have their top six back, um, with Duke, Fantilli, Samuskevich, um, McGrory, Brindley, guys like that. I, I think they match up really well. I think the decor for Michigan matches up well with this decor. Um, it's hard to predict, you know, the outcomes of games, like will it be tight scoring, will it not? Um, you would imagine it would be tight scoring because it's two good goalies. It's two extremely well-run teams based on their systems. Um but I think it it's pounding them in the offensive zone. It's getting pucks deep. 
it's going to work because when they can get to work like that, it's it's tough to stop the Gophers, especially with you know all their lines and when they're rolling. So I think it, it's going to be a it's going to make for a very fun series. I I think you know back when they played them before, people were expecting a lot different outcome, but with all the injuries, sickness, and things like that, it it just didn't feel like a real Michigan versus Minnesota series. So this one will definitely be, and with a a sellout on Friday, it will be a heck of a series and a heck of a game yeah no i'm excited i won't be there friday but i am gonna tap in and be there on saturday i'm looking forward to it first game i'm able to attend on this season but you named a lot of players you talked about the key player who was out but who would you say are the three key players on michigan side of things to really be on the lookout for if you're a gophers fan looking to dive in before the matchup well obviously fantilli's one um Luke Hughes on the back end would be another, um, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, not think about uh, Duke. I mean, you look at him last series; it seemed like he had pretty much every goal for Michigan. So it's finding a way to stop him because they have so much star power up up front and uh, Brindley, Gordy, Fantilli, Samuskevich. But then they've got you know the sneaky guys uh, like the Dylan Duke, who's going to grind his way to get goals. Is going to get him on the doorstep. So making sure, you know, you've got the good D-zone positioning, boxing those guys out in front of the net because they're, they're an offensive team. They're a high-powered team, but they get a lot of uh, maybe what you call dirty goals, and it seemed in that series against Minnesota that's every one of their goals was scored based on a dirty goal. So it it's making sure you have the right positioning and the D-zone, things like that. But uh, obviously look out for Duke, um, look out for Fantilli, Hughes, Sam Eskevich last year, Gopher fans probably know the name because of the Big Ten <laughs> final tournament. But, uh, yeah, they've got a lot of star powers just like the Gophers do. So, lots awesome. of And flipping it over then with the Gophers, who do you think will be the player that needs to be on top of their game the most when playing this Michigan team? Um, You know, I guess it's it's hard to single out – you know, maybe one player. I will say that the second line probably needs to be on their game the most. Um, with that being, you know, the older guys, the veterans, the junior and the two seniors and Nevers, Brodzinski and Nelson. Um, when they're on their game, they can play a shutdown. They can shut down the Fantillies. They can shut down the Samoskeviches. But they can also provide offense. And I think that's what makes them so deadly. But they've had their off games. And when they have their off games, um, pucks are usually put in the net the wrong way. So I think that line in general needs to be on top of their game. Um, obviously, you want Cooley to be on top of his game. You want Knives. You want Snuggerud. But I really think that second line with those veterans. Well, there it is. That's something to keep an eye on, especially for the casual fans. Then they're tuning in and they're like, all right, well, you know, what's that X factor? Well, it could very well be the second line. So something to keep an eye on there. What would you say – is there a really big advantage to playing at home in these type of series where it's really typically down to the wire or high scoring teams? How much of an advantage does home field or home ice present? I think it's a huge, huge thing. I think it's, it's a lot bigger in college hockey than it might be in, you know, other leagues. Um, I think we've seen it this times when they've had big crowds, like against North Dakota, against Minnesota state, St. Cloud, it's, 
the fans are always on the edge of their seat, and it seems as soon as the Gophers get that one goal, they always look like a completely different team afterwards because the crowd's so into it. The fans are so into it. It motivates you. Um, there's nothing like walking out on the ice and seeing a packed crowd. It's nothing like scoring a goal and hearing the roar. So I, I think, you know, home ice and college hockey is obviously a very important thing, and to do it in kind of a rival or a big series, it's huge. Awesome. Now, last question here before we move more to the player outlooks of things. And just I want to get your thoughts on some of these guys that are kind of key players for the Gophers, but also guys coming in potentially next year as well. But first, last question here is if we were to predict the future and we're talking about this series on Monday and I told you the Gophers lost this weekend, what likely happened in your opinion? Oh, um. I think it would be being too cute. Um, there's multiple times where Gophers will lose games because they've tried to be too cute. Um, you know, trying to make that extra move, trying to make the the extra dangle at the blue line, things like that is what, you know, sets this team back. And it makes sense, you know, being so talented, being so young with a ton of guys who have a ton of skill and can do that kind of stuff. But when it backfires is when they try to do it a little bit too much. Um, so I think if we were looking back and say they lost a series, that would probably be a factor of it. All right, Coach Matsko. So when you're in there amping the team up before the game, let's make sure to stress don't get too cute. I love it. <laughs> let's move into more of a look at the players themselves. But first, I want to mention our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is that protein power-packed uh, protein bar usually jam-packed with about 17 grams of protein, but it only has 4 grams of sugar and less than 130 calories. You can get 15% off by using promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com, or you can head on over to Walmart or your Sam's Club, wherever you prefer, and head over to try either a 4-pack or a 13-pack today. That's right. You don't have to only do it online anymore. So definitely check that out at Built.com. My favorite flavor so far is the peanut butter brownie. If you like that that style, that, that rich chocolatey taste, then that one's for you. They also have fruity flavors or more savory flavors as well. Check it out at Built.com and use promo code LOCKED. On 15. Now, like I said, we're going to wrap this one up with more specific player talk. Uh, I appreciate you if you're tuning in. We're talking Gophers hockey. We're doing this every Friday. We've got Dylan Laux. We had Alex Micheletti last week. We have another guest next week. I'm hoping to continue to get these guys on the show because they're the pros. I'm not going to act like I know everything hockey because it's not my wheelhouse. It's not my specialty, but I want to make sure we talk Gophers hockey in the state of hockey. Now let's close this up with some in-depth thoughts on some players. First off, I just want to know, is Justin Close a pro-level prospect as a goalie, or is he solely just a really, really good college player? Um, you know, that that's something I've been asking myself a lot recently, um, especially because last year it, it seemed as soon as he stepped in, um, there might have been a you know a little rust or a little worry, obviously when your star goalie leaves and you know a guy who didn't have many career games under his belt as a junior steps in. But the way he plays is so fascinating. Um, I think you know the numbers he puts up and the way he plays is definitely worthy of like you know an, an AHL goalie things like that. Um, 
I think the only thing that would probably knock him is just his size. Like you look at a lot of goalies now, they're six two, they're six three, they're six four. Um, I think Close is listed at five nine, but I think he's more of like a five ten goalie. Um, but he moves well. He's so calm. He's so calm, cool, collective. They say uh, he's just so poised. Doesn't give up a lot of rebounds. Is always in the right position. Um, and he doesn't let a lot of things affect him. And I think. You know, he doesn't let things get under his skin. You know, one bad goal derails his game. It doesn't happen much. Um, I think he's probably worth a look. I'd imagine, you know, a team would probably invite him to a development camp, maybe see how he looks in front of, you know, other NHL prospects, things like that. But um, if he continues to play like this, I can't imagine no team wouldn't, wouldn't give him a shot at maybe a camp spot, so... For sure. No, it kind of reminds me of like a really good college quarterback. If you can hold your composure, if you can have those intangibles that aren't always the athletic traits, it can at least get you a look somewhere. And that's kind of what it sounds like you're bringing up there. On a different note, let's talk about the Wonder Kid. Let's talk about the third pick in last year's NHL draft, Logan Cooley. What makes Cooley so special? What makes him that top level prospect that not only was he drafted as, but it seems like he's really putting it to it this year on the ice for the Gophers as well. It's, it's a lot of things really. If, if we're being honest with ourselves, it's not, it, it does. It's almost seems like there's not one thing that's like really stands out to him. It's a lot of things. Like he's got good speed. He skates very well. He's got good hands. He has a really good shot. Um, some of the stuff he does on his skates, it's like, it's ridiculous, really. I mean, <laughs> you look at it from afar, and it's like, how did he just do that? You know, he'll walk through three guys, he'll spin around a guy, and he'll walk in and get a shot. And it's like, what the heck? But um, he's so elusive on his skates. He moves well. Um, he can he can cut quick quickly on his skates. But the other thing that, I, that I'm starting to notice, and he kind of did at the start of the year, and I didn't know if that was just a I'm ready to play college hockey, but he doesn't let guys get under his skin. He'll he'll go hit a guy. I mean, he's second on the team in hits for crying out loud. You know, he's higher than a lot of guys who you'd think would lead the Gophers in hits. Uh, You definitely probably didn't think Cooley would be in that he's a third overall pick with a ton of skill, but you know, he's a complete player. He plays well defensively and he's got that offensive skill always. Um, Haven't really seen him yet this year, have an off game, um, which is just remarkable to do as a freshman, but Time is precious for him, I guess. So if you're a Gophers fan, you know, continue to enjoy it because, I mean, I guess you don't know if he'll be here even next year. Um, For sure, probably the year after that. Probably not while he's here. (laughs) No, absolutely. I did a show earlier this summer, and I talked about the 10 athletes across all Gopher sports that I thought would be the most exciting this year. I put Cooley at seven, and I think even that was underrating how special he really has been for this team. Um, I'm curious, do you think that it'll immediately translate? Like, say he does make the jump next year. Do you think he would get early looks with Arizona, like what we're seeing with Matty Beneers over at Seattle? Do you think he could translate that quick, or do you think it might take more time? Um, I think yes. Um, more of like a yes to no. I just know from a standpoint is like Arizona's pretty stingy with their prospects. They know they don't want to ruin them, which is smart. Um, Mm -hmm. which makes me believe he might have another year with the U. Um, The way he played in the World Juniors, um, the way he's playing 
with the Gophers now, the way you played at the NTDP last year, it it's just remarkable, really. Um, if you look at things like the way he plays and how it could translate to the NHL, the way he skates, the way he moves his feet, um, the way he can weave in and out of guys, his hands, his skill, his speed, things like that, I, I think it translates. Um, you know, Beneers last year with Seattle kind of got a chance down the stretch, looked really good. Now this year he's elevated into a top six. That's probably what Arizona does. Um, now, if you're looking at their roster right now, he's probably worthy of a second-line center, but <laughs> if we're going to put him in right away, who knows if they're going to get him 16 minutes a night. But I think he's he's worth it. He's their future. He's their future number one center, um, unless they get Bedard this year. But, you know, he's, he's a future top six guy for that team. So I think they're going to be a little patient because um, you definitely don't want to ruin that. But like you said, with Beneers, it's probably going to end up being the same story. Gotcha. Uh, flipping over to the other rock star freshman that popped off this year. If you had to take a stab now, do you imagine that Snuggerud will be back for his sophomore year? Or do you think he'll try and make that jump or St. Louis would want him to make that jump next year? Um. Well, I remember back in November, St. Louis GM said that he'd be back for another year with the U um, just to kind of give him more seasoning. And I think that's great for him. Um, the success that he's had so far is very, is very, very good, especially for blues fans and people who work for the blues. But um, another year with the U will definitely help him a ton. I think it's almost like a Matthew Knives situation. I know last year um, Leafs thought about signing him, bringing him in, letting him play. Um, but he knows that you know, he's he's just a freshman at that time. You know, he might as well go back for another year, have another chance at maybe a title, um, things like that. Get a little more seasoning under your belt. But also, you know, teams know how well things are run here in Minnesota with the coaching staff, with Moscow, and the way they handle handle their players and, you know, make them better day in and day out. You, you can't, you know, you can't really get that elsewhere. So whether he, you know, plays another year, of college hockey, I think that that might be better for him than just to play, you know, bottom six minutes in the AHL. Um, so I, I do think he's back for another year. And I mean, things could change down the stretch. Blues might be desperate, things like that. But they did say that he would probably play another year. Gotcha. And you're just helping me lead right into these transitions right <laughs> after the other because I was bringing up Matthew Nyes next. What do you think is the ceiling for a guy like Matthew Nyes in the pros? I'm guessing that Toronto's really going to want him to jump on at the end of the year if they'd head to the playoffs. So long-term and maybe even immediately if they do have him join at the end of the year, what is the ceiling for Matthew Nyes? Um, you know, talking with people, he's obviously going to be a top-nine player. Whether he cracks the top six in Toronto is – a matter of different things. You know, they've got a lot of great top six forwards. They have a lot of great wingers, but I think Knives plays a lot different than some of those guys. Um, if you look at, you know, Bunting with Maple Leafs, he's a, you know, he's a bigger power forward guy who can score. It's kind of like Matthew Knives. Um, actually, it is Matthew Knives, but I definitely think he's, he's a top nine forward for sure. Um, whether you want to give him a shot in the top six is – is up to Toronto um, with injuries that could definitely happen, but he's a very, very effective third liner in my opinion. If he played for the Maple Leafs, 
Um, he brings it defensively. He brings it physically. So if he's not scoring every game or he's not generating chances every game, at least you know you can rely on him defensively. You can rely on him physically. Um, he's going to get you going. I mean, he's going he's gonna to get the guys going with big hits, plays, things like that. So he's definitely going to be a top nine forward with the Leafs for quite some time and could easily get into the top six and maybe one day be a first liner. Love it. Love it. All right. I got two more questions for you. These ones are looking more into the future, not with kind of with the current guys, but more so who's going to be the guys that step up when these other guys go to the pros. Now, the first question is who is a player currently on the roster who doesn't get a lot of ice time right now, who could be heavily featured maybe next year or two years down the line? Um, I would say there's so many, but uh, I would say probably Connor Kurth, maybe Brody Lamb. They're both freshmen. Um, you can kind of already see it. They're already getting more ice time. They're, you know, they're being relied on. They're being trusted. Um, you know, there's times out there when the Gophers are leading by one goal with a minute left and they'll throw out Brody Lamb. They'll throw out Connor Kurth and say, you know, this is how you need to play in a tight game like this because we're going to need you next year. We're going to need you down the stretch. We're going to need you in the future. Um, those are two very skilled forwards, but it's it's helping them learn, you know, how to play well defensively, things like that. Um, I think Strobel's a big piece. Middlestead's a big piece. Um, but probably, you know, singling out a guy would probably be Connor Kurth, Brody Lamb, because once guys in the Gophers' top six leave, those are probably the guys that are going to fill those holes. Got it. All right, the last and final question who are one or two prospects from the class of 2024 that you are extremely excited that they committed to Minnesota and what they bring in the future? Um, obviously start with, you know, a guy coming in next year and Oliver Moore. This guy is a, a special talent. Um, look at the way Logan Cooley plays and how he has you at the edge of his seat. Um, Oliver does that as well. He's so fast, might be one of the fat, faster guys the Overs will ever have. Um, he's gritty too, you know, he's physical, he's not afraid to stir things up, things like that. Um, he's a smaller forward, will definitely be taken in the first round this year. Um, so whoever takes him is going to be lucky to have him, but you know, the way, just how fast he skates is just ridiculous. I think it's going to draw fans and people are going to want to watch him play. It's definitely a guy to look out for. Um, and then later on, a couple of years out, Cole Iserman, it's almost, a spitting image of Oliver Moore. Um, they both have played in the NDTP. Eiserman's playing for the U17s. Moore is playing for the U18s. And Eiserman already has well over 30 goals. Uh, he's just, he's a stud. That was a guy that was, you know, when he committed here, it was like, wow. Um, when Cooley committed here, it was like, wow. And then when he commits here, it's like, geez, you know, they're building something. But Definitely those two guys are going to be guys that are going to draw a ton of fans and it's going to draw, you know, media, everything. They're, they're just such special talents and they're, they're the future of the game. Um, Eiserman's a projected first round pick in his draft class and a high one at that too. So those two guys for sure. I love to hear it. The future is bright. Now, I just want to thank you, Dylan, for coming on. Let the people know where they can follow you. And I'm telling you now, folks, if you like hockey, college, pros, you name it, you definitely need to follow Dylan. So let them know where they can find you at and maybe what you're working on if you're working on anything. 
Yeah, um, I guess just go to the Twitter, um, Dylan Lokes for um, check up on Gopher Hole. Um, there's a ton of great stuff there. It's not just hockey. I, they do great job with football, with basketball, um, things like that. We've got a good staff over there. Um, keep a lookout on Twitter. There, there should be. I've been a lot busy recently, but there should be a lot of new things coming out that I'm really excited for. Um, World Junior updates. I know that ended a while ago, but I've been kind of putting some of that off with scouting. But um, just keep in touch there and. You know, look every now and then on Gopher Hole, and there's a lot of great stuff. Awesome. Definitely do that. Give Dylan a follow. Thank you again, Dylan, for coming on the show, and we'll definitely be sure to have you back on as we get further along in this hockey season. That's going to do it for us on Lockdown Golden Gophers. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube. Drop comments about what you want to hear about on future hockey episodes, and I'll see you next time.